to the ACR Bulletin Podcast, the show where we examine the latest trends affecting radiology. I'm your host, Chris Hobson, and today I'm joined by Dr. Lincoln Berland. Dr. Berland is Professor Emeritus, Department of Radiology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and is a past member of ACR's Board of Chancellors, where he served as Chair of the Commission on Body Imaging. Dr. Berland, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's my pleasure indeed. Well, thanks for taking the time. Um, the topic of today's discussion is a report recently put together by the ACR Task Force on Certification and Radiology. Um, I'd like to get your perspective on the report, particularly uh, since because you served as uh, lead author on that report. Um, can you please provide some background on the task force, uh, what it set out to accomplish, and who led the effort? Uh, sure. Uh, the task force was started about two years ago by ACR leadership. And it was a response to comments made from a number of ACR members. The chair of the task force uh, under which this work was completed was Dr. Madeline Lewis. And we are, as the entire task force, indebted to her for the leadership and exceptional work that really got us to this point. Um, now, if you would like to see the complete report, which we encourage you to do, you can go to acr.org and you can find it easily uh, if you search for something like task force on certification. It usually pops up as the, the top response. And uh, I would also say that I think it's worth looking at the appendices. There's a lot more detail in the appendices that you might find worthwhile. Excellent. And we'll put a link to the, the task force report in the show notes for this show. So, so folks can just click right on that. Um, most listeners uh, will be familiar uh, with the American Board of Radiology, which I know you're going to talk about quite a bit here today, or the ABR as it's, as it's better known. Um, but for anyone listening who may not know what that is, can you please provide some background on the organization? Sure. Uh, the American Board of Medical Specialties, the ABMS, uh, started in 1933, and it now supervises 24 medical boards and many more specialties within those boards. The uh, ABR, American Board of Radiology, joined the ABMS in 1934, the next year, and has been doing, of course, certification exams since then. Now, some autonomy is provided by the ABMS to the member boards, but they do mandate such things to all of the boards, such as time-limited certification and maintenance certification, MOC. In uh, 2002, the ABR started issuing only 10-year time-limited certificates because the ABMS started requiring MOC. In 2012, the ABR converted to continuous certification and in 2019, it dropped the 10-year MOC examination, replacing it with Online Longitudinal Assessment, or OLA, which is a series of multiple choice questions that can be answered remotely. Very interesting. Um, sticking with ABMS for another minute, um, what was the ABMS Vision uh, Commission, and why was it formed in 2019? And yeah, the, the Vision Commission was an interesting project by the ABMS. Uh, it was formed at a time uh, as a response to many diplomates and organizations throughout all of medicine who were dissatisfied with what the ABMS and their member boards had been doing, their programs and, and their procedures. Now, diplomates were concerned about the burden, the cost, the relevance of MOC being required throughout their careers, and also a widespread belief that the tests weren't really worthwhile educational or could prove that a physician was competent. Now, also there been a lot of complaints about the poor responsiveness and lack of financial transparency of the boards. There was really just an overall general impression that the boards had not adapted well to changes in specialization and really not integrated advances in education and assessment science. 
there's actually been, uh, and I'll mention this maybe a couple more times as we go along, there's actually been very little research or evidence that the board's examinations are valid to assure the competence of physicians they test, which is really the, their main mission. Now, there have also been active challenges to the authority of the boards. Uh, others have attempted to establish alternative boards with limited success, and there have actually been a number of antitrust lawsuits filed, which are still in the courts. A number of physicians, sometimes including radiologists, have actually worked with state legislatures to establish laws prohibiting the use of MOC to limit professional privileges and payments. Now, to their credit, the ABMS established an independent commission, this vision commission, to carefully study the problems, be freely critical as they saw fit, and to provide frank recommendations, which they indeed did. Their final report included a number of comments about some of the board's policies. They made 14 fairly sweeping recommendations for changes. These included improving assessment strategies, improving communication and transparency, fairness, equitable treatment, and as we've mentioned, performing independent research on the value of MOC and then demonstrating and communicating that value. Now, I believe one of the key recommendations was, again, the ABMS must encourage healthcare organizations to not deny credentialing or privileging solely on the basis of certification status. Gotcha, that's an important uh, point to make. Um, why did some ACR members begin to question the ABR and its programs? And uh, how do you, and I guess, how did that play into ACR leadership establishing the, the task force uh, we're here to talk about today, the ACR Task Force on Certification and Radiology in 2019? Yeah, um, well, many of the complaints of ACR members really echoed those of diplomates in other specialties. There are some differences. But for example, a multi-specialty survey of physicians, not just radiologists in 2016, found that 81% felt that MOC was a burden and only 9% thought that patients care about their MOC status. And most disagreed that MOC accurately assesses their clinical abilities. Now, as I said, there are some notable differences between the ABR and other boards. Uh, and ACR members have been particularly concerned about rapid change of rules and confusing requirements, poor responsiveness, transparency, you know, awkward communications. Uh, and the workload and financial burdens of the 10-year exams were an initial complaint, but of course those have now been changed to OLA. And uh, the irrelevance of, uh, to practice of many of the questions asked on the exams has been a consideration. Uh, the lack of evidence, as we've talked about, of the value of the exams, and even the issue of fairness, because grandfather diplomates like me uh, are not required to comply with MOC. Now, also, ACR members are aware of the high stakes that they must comply with all MOC requirements or risk losing payments, credentialing, and more. In fact, in that regard, simply not participating in OLA or paying the fees is essentially the same as failing OLA, for example. That's interesting you mentioned uh, the maintenance of certification or MOC, because I think that has been a, a particular sticking point for a lot of people. Would you mind just uh, elaborating on that a little bit and, and the, the, the part that and things like um, the, the, high, the perceived high fees for AB, ABR services played in the, I guess if you want to call it a controversy in the controversy itself? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the complaints started because the 10-year exam was really difficult and it was stressful to prepare for. Um, I mean, it was a big deal to have to study, you know, sometimes people prepared for a year or more in advance of that exam. 
And again, many of the questions didn't just seem relevant. Once you get out into practice, um, you tend to specialize or perform a limited set of uh, types of examinations and procedures. And so a lot of these questions could not be tailored to individual people. And you're answering a lot of things that you had never studied or hadn't studied since medical school. Now, also the test was scientifically unproven, uh, but the examinations were considered essential by the ABR. So opposition to these difficult exams, of course, led to the ABR creating a much simpler requirement of just answering 52 questions per year online, something like a multiple choice case of the day. Now that's been pretty well received because it's much easier, it's educational. A lot of diplomates even say it's fun, um, but it's really perplexing uh, for us as a task force to think about it, to understand that such a relatively simple test would be good enough to prove overall competence since a rigorous secure exam was thought necessary before. Uh, so again, the, neither the tenure exam nor the OLA has been proven to fulfill that need. Now, as for fees, uh, why don't I talk about that in a few minutes when I discuss the ACR member survey that we conducted? Absolutely. Um, that's what we call a tease in the yeah. Um, you've already touched on this a little bit in your previous answers, but, uh, you know, just to be clear, if you were to limit it to, I, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of um, misalignment with people's expectations versus uh, reality when it comes to, to these exams. If you had to limit it to the top six or so problems the task force was trying to address uh, in its work, what would you say those are, or were, I should say? Sure. Um... Well, first might be this, the relevance, the issue of relevance of the MOC OLA questions for individual practice situations, as I mentioned. Um, more broadly, the multiple choice question format itself really doesn't lend itself to assessing a whole wide variety of skills like communication, reporting, patient and physician communication, collaboration with other, other medical professionals in a team format, computer skills, the ability to think in an innovative manner, and this leads to questions about the need to incorporate more modern tools of education and assessment. Another problem uh, is the underrepresentation of private practice diplomates in the ABR hierarchy and limited diversity on their boards. And uh, something in the survey will reflect on, on that issue. Uh, they are focused, the, the boards tend to be populated mostly, the ABR boards tend to be populated mostly by academic radiologists. Uh, and also, again, the essentially compulsory participation in MOC, not just through ABR rules, but because a myriad of state laws and institutional regulations really require compliance to be able to obtain payments and to be credentialed. Next, the lack of alternative methods. One of the things that kept coming up was they would like to have, the diplomates would like to have a, another option to answering uh, even OLA questions, such as using ACR case in point which is uh, very popular. And then finally, the dissatisfaction with the practice quality improvement requirements, the need to do practice quality projects uh, regularly and document all of that was seen as a burden um, by uh, a lot of diplomates and, and organizations. Tell me a little bit about uh, the environmental scan the task force engaged in. Um, it sounds like, just to set the stage, it sounds like the task force members assessed the certification processes of other ABMS member boards, uh, as well as other professions for that matter. Uh, and you calculated overall costs, uh, I guess, in two respects uh, for the initial certification and over a 30 year career. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, how did radiology, I guess, stack up to other professions in that regard? 
Yeah, this really was a fascinating part of this process. And uh, the credit goes to the work of three of our members, Drs. Robert Ryu, Melissa Davis, and Frank Lexa, who prepared this uh, interesting table and discussion of these alternative uh, options in uh, various professions inside and outside medicine. Now, the requirements and costs are really highly variable. Uh, some professions, most notably aviation and still a number of medical boards, still require some component of practical tests, whereas, of course, uh, radiology has, has dropped the oral examination. Now, for medical specialties, uh, the 30-year career cost for radiologists for the ABR is uh, $14,680 is the base cost. And that, it turns out to be one of the highest among medical specialties, for example, compared to $7,100 for pathology and a little over $11,000 for orthopedic surgery. Interesting. So I guess in the task force opinion, have you come down on a, a side of whether, I mean, I think it's implied in what you were just saying, but is that is that too high in the task force's opinion of a cost? Well, yeah. Now the radiologists in practice pay uh, $340 a year. And so one interesting result from the ACR member survey was that the cost to radiologist was really not that significant as a concern. Uh, although it was noted in the focus groups and elsewhere that there was no decrease in the fees for OLA, despite its radically different uh, format and process uh, for creating the exam. Now, by contrast, it's really different for residents. At $640 per year, even during their residency, it's about 1% of their income often, and they often have considerable debt from medical school. And the cost may even be higher if you have to retake the exam if you failed it. And recently, uh, sort of surprisingly high 16% failed the core exam. So for, for residents, it's, uh, it's considerably more of a burden than it is for practicing radiologists. Gotcha, that is a, that is a concern. Well, switching gears a little bit, um, let's discuss resolution 50. And, and you know we can provide a little bit of background on that, but uh, in what part, if any, the task force played in the ACR Council unanimously adopting Resolution 50 at the most recent uh, 2020 ACR annual meeting? Uh, I guess if you could first, you know, briefly explain what the resolution was and then elaborate from there, please. Yeah. Um, well, the Resolution 50 had four clauses, and I, I won't uh, read all through them, but uh, there are some key features that I would focus on. Uh, first, the certifying boards, this was part of the resolution, that certifying boards should minimize power imbalance by committing to representative, inclusive, and transparent decision-making. Uh, they should never require radiology, radiology professionals to waive their fundamental due process rights. Now, this is an interesting issue that arose from the ABR requiring diplomates to sign a participation agreement that limits their rights if disputes occurs. Now, the resolution also stated that certifying boards should seek input from the ACR Council Steering Committee as a representative body of candidates prior to implementing new policies. And finally, the task force uh, had no role in formulating this resolution, just so uh, it's clear this was not a work of the task force and we uh, didn't have any role in getting it passed. But we, we do agree with the provisions of the resolution and we appreciate the ongoing support of the council. That's very interesting. Um, we know that the task force wanted to collect and analyze uh, the opinions of ACR membership. Um, you know, can you describe how the, the task force undertook that process and describe uh, what insights you've obtained maybe beyond what you've already mentioned? 
Yeah, um, I'd uh, like to take a few minutes for this, if you don't mind, if I go a little long. Sure, uh, sure. The, the, the task force strongly believe that the opinions of ACR membership should be clearly heard. So with the support of ACR leadership and experts within the ACR that were assigned to us, as well as an outside consultant, they began by convening two focus groups that included 14 ACR members. They talked about the importance of certification, the OLA format, the relationship um, to professional practice quality and examination performance, stresses and costs of the process, et cetera. Now we use the information from these focus groups to help us design a survey uh, with the outside consultant crafting questions that attempted to minimize bias. The survey was distributed to over 17,000 members and had a remarkable response rate of 17%. That's actually much higher than the usual of five to 10% for similar types of surveys. So we thought that spoke to the strong opinions that uh, members have uh, about this topic. Now, we are in the process of writing up the results of the survey and we're gonna be submitting it to the JACR. We hope it's completed by the time of ACR uh, 2021. But I can give you a preview with a few items. Uh, first, interestingly, about equal proportions, about 35% each rated MOC as either excellent or very good or fair or poor. However, the distribution of opinions was really striking in that those who rated MOC well Tended, tended to be those in academic practice or in an urban setting were older or uh, had a current role with the ABR. Those, by contrast, who rated MOC as fair or poor tended to be not grandfathered, to be in private practice in a rural setting or in younger age groups. So there was a striking dichotomy. Now, a number of word pairs were also offered for various features such as convenient versus inconvenient, up-to-date versus outdated, for MOC as a whole, worth the money versus not worth the money and so on. And the results of this strongly correlated to the overall opinion of favorability towards MOC. So for example, if you liked MOC, you thought it was convenient. If you didn't like it, you thought it was inconvenient for the most part. Now, one of the most interesting exercises in the survey was called a discrete choice model, which is essentially a simulation process um, it attempted to extract what features in the MOC program were most acceptable. Now this technique combined elements into new variations to see how the MOC program could produce higher interest and acceptability. So proposed MOC option package, packages varied a number of features, including CME requirements, fees, the inclusion of practice quality improvement requirements, and so on. Now, interestingly, the base case ABR program with all of its current features as is, was considered acceptable by only 1.7% of the respondents. But if you changed practice quality improvement from required to not required and changed OLA questions from general radiology and your specialty to your specialty only, and eliminated the CME self-assessment requirement component of CME, it improved acceptability from 1.7% to 34%. So what this provided was a lot of opportunities for the ABMS and the ABR to consider modifying the programs to make them more acceptable to diplomates. That's interesting to, to see the range there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite a, quite a gulf. <laughs> yeah, <it was> um, <laughs> what, uh, I guess to, to round off the questions here, what specific suggestions did the task force uh, make in the end uh, to improve radiology certification. It sounds like you 
you know, very clearly defined the issues and you got a lot of feedback. So what, what suggestions came out of that? And uh, are you so optimistic that the ABR will adopt them? Well, uh, I'll summarize mostly what, uh, what we've already been talking about. Um, first of all, our recommendations included improving testing by having MOC OLA questions be more tailored to the specialties and detail examinations and procedures for each individual diplomate to reflect their practices. Uh, secondly, better integrating stakeholders into governance of the ABR, uh, improving racial, ethnic, and gender diversity in the board's members, and have more balanced representation from private and academic practices, uh, improve communication and responsiveness, and importantly, uh, do research to validate that their processes effectively accomplish their goals. Now, as for our expectations, we know that the ABMS and ABR currently have working advisory committees in place and are working hard to address the Vision Commission's recommendations. However, we also recognize that the ABR acts essentially solely under the auspices of the ABMS with no other organizations overseeing their actions. So at this point, given that the directions for reform are coming from the ABMS itself, we are patient and hopeful that the ABR will update their processes to be more responsive to the needs of radiology, radiologists, and the public. Uh, the ACR is doing what it can and is prepared to help uh, in whatever way we're asked to. Excellent. Well, Dr. Berlin, thank you so much for taking the time. It was so great talking to you today. Um, wh where can people find you online if they want to continue this discussion or, or talk about a range of other topics? Well, I'm, I'm moderately active on Twitter, and you can find me at, uh, at Link Berland with a K, L-I-N-K-B-E-R-L-A-N-D. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and thanks to our listeners. This has been the ACR Bulletin Podcast. We'll see you next time.